Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. A teacher podcast that's a little bit like comedians in cars getting coffee or drunk history. A lot of you guys always ask me, do you actually drink when you record episodes? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. You basically have to be a prude to be a teacher. Like on the surface, you have to be like you have to have this persona of being yeah. this perfect individual up here. Even though it's not true. <laughs> no, you're fucking human. And that's right. why you need to have mental health days to keep <laughs> yourself human. Do you think there's something to be said about the idealism of teaching? Of like of maybe maybe it's more the idealism of your students of children. Okay, give me an example. Yeah, this notion of like just let things you just have to let kids be. (laughs) You just have to like you know open the windows and let the sun shine in and let you know that. Or is it more you you know maybe it is you know again you, you give that bullshit kind of thing case by case. I can give that, but there's my pet peeve, by the way, but yeah, (laughs) but is it more hardcore? I mean, the opposite of that is a little bit more hardcore discipline and things like that. So like, it's funny you bring that up too, because I was just thinking about that, like sitting in like a teaching of course or whatever, and mm -hmm. everyone gives that bullshit. If you set high expectations, students will rise to it. And like thinking about it now, like they're not gonna, they're going to take the easy way out for the most part of my classes, but I teach in a school that's struggling. Well, yeah, I, I I remember in college, I kind of befriended the student activity, one of the student activities, like adults, like okay. that was her job was to organize student life and student activity. And like, you know, we'll bring, uh, you know, a, a laser quest on campus or something like that, whatever. Uh, what well, that w- was actually kind of fun. But like, uh, they would always be like, um, what the fuck is wrong with students? Don't they know what we're doing for them and this and this? And it's like, <laughs> you, or like even now, it's like you're expecting either the wrong thing or too much out of a student. Right. And it, this hopeful optimism that I think a lot of teachers go into, it's like, well, they'll all be able to do X, Y, and Z and everything sure. will be, you know, tips, tip top and all this stuff. And it's like, and then I, what, what I always appreciate about you is that you have a very realistic, you know, you have a very pragmatic lens to just say, oh, you can't read. <laughs> Who the right. fuck am I to ask you to, to read Great Expectations right, right. when you haven't read more than like, you know, a Hooked on Phonics book? Right. You know, not, no disrespect to the students. It's just like. Let's be real. We have to be fucking real here. You know, it's like, we, we, it, it's like partially meeting them where they're at but not allowing them to think that that's as far as they're going to go. Right. You know, um, because okay. you, I think you also do have high expectations. I mean, like whether yeah. they're put on you or what you think of. I think, well, it's a good thing I've got this is my third drink and I'm making them too strong. Yeah. I, I think that all my kids, they do like a end of year survey mm-hmm. and consistently my class is listed as like one of the harder ones. That's my sophomore yeah. level class. They're constantly saying it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard. Um, it's too hard or just it's hard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is crazy too because I also have so many kids that say like, as long as you keep up, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Isn't that the, fucking crazy though? Oh, it, it, and I see it happen every single time and I tell kids like, hey, this is not the first time I've seen this happen. You're falling behind because you don't show up 
two days out of the week, you come late the other two days out of the week, and that one day that you come on time, you don't do shit. Mm-hmm. It, there, there is no difficult formula, especially because I, I give them all the tools they need to succeed. Even if you're a genius student or if you're a struggling student, you can do well. Um, but it gets to the point where I start telling these kids, like, here's an example, I guess. Uh, I have this policy with if kids don't come with a pencil, something as small and stupid as bringing a pencil, mm-hmm. uh, I make them trade me their phone for the class period with the hope that it's like, well, you obviously don't like giving up your phone for a class period. So what are you going to bring tomorrow? So uh, my buddy Adam, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, he hates that about yeah. my philosophy. He really? says, you're not giving them the tools they need to succeed. It's something as stupid as a pencil. And I go, yeah, I get it. I'm with you. It might seem bad, but at the same time, yeah. it's always these frequent flyers. I'm sick of having to deal with that, especially if the kids don't ask, by the way, until you're like 20 minutes into class. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's little things like that where it's like this This doesn't have to be, like if, if you don't get, let's say I want you to go from A to Z and you only get from A to Y. I'm okay with that because you've grown, but if you didn't at least become like a better person with your work ethic or... Uh, with the way you interact with people, yeah, that's not getting where I want you to be. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think that like it is the the perils of this like utopian kind of thinking, right? Yeah. Of this like I can totally see the other side of it too. Is like, well, you're just that's what your your philosophy is not helpful or whatever. It's like, well, some people think it's punitive. Sure, yeah, I mean, I and but at the same time, it's like, well, you all have something you have to meet. You know, you, you have to, whatever way you kind of get there sometimes, I mean, again, you're not, you're not being abusive, but like you have a target to hit. Right. You know, like, oh, I have, I have one kid that he has a a 504, uh, behavior plan and it says to ignore minor disruptions. And so I was like, well, what constitutes a minor disruption? They're like, anything that doesn't impact the class. I was like, what disruption doesn't impact the class? This kid walks in like five minutes late, for example, and he goes, fuck all the bitches. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's not that. minor. That's a disruption. That. Yeah, I remember that episode. <laughs> and I swear to God, when I have a new kid, this same thing written as five. I'm like, who the fuck's writing this 504 yeah. for all these kids saying, ignore these minor, quote unquote, minor disruptions. And when they list a minor disruption, it's like profanity, disrupting, that's it. That that's all the things you listed. Two things, and that's yeah. all the things. What am I supposed to do? What do you do with that? So yeah. it's gotten to the point where I've had like a one to one conversation with this kid. I'm like, if you can, I'm paraphrasing right now. If you can walk in and not be an asshole to everybody trying to do what they're supposed to do, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be off your case. But if you do, I'm gonna be on your case because you're doing what I've asked you just now not to do. Yeah. Because I think that's the, like. The whole, um, like, if a kid can't write, well, let them draw or speak their response. That's great. But at the end of the day, if they, let's say they have a job pushing carts. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can't push carts, but, you know, I can say that I want to push them. That's a really bad example. I know. I can draw a cart. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, at the same time, like, growth is important. Meeting them where they're at is important. But Mm -hmm. also you got to get shit done sometimes. Yeah. And let's, I, let's stop like acting like we live in this perfect, like empathy's maybe, good, but we also have yeah. to meet results. And maybe it goes against everything we were saying earlier. Probably. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not perfect. Um, no, I think that's totally true too. And I think that was something that I, I really wasn't comfortable with 
I, I didn't realize how uncomfortable I was with it. But something I really wasn't comfortable with when I was going through the teaching program was um, when Julie would talk about uh, packing your suitcase for every climate. Like you're going on one trip, but you have to be ready for anything that happens. Good metaphor. I'm sad um, that I don't was, remember that. She was, she, Julie was awesome. <laughs> um, she was really fucking good at her job. She was really fucking good at teaching that class. I'm sorry for swearing so much. Um, but she had a very good way of showing like the importance of everything and she broke everything down. But that was one of them was you're going on a trip. You have to be ready from everything from a snowstorm to uh, the sunniest day of the year. Um, and that was kind of the teaching thing was you have to be ready for students that are drawers, talkers, silent writers, you know, all this stuff. And then it was like, yeah, that that's good in theory. And it wasn't, you know, this was something that was coming from on high, you know, that was like, mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the tap was saying or something like that or common core would say. Um, I think so, but I I couldn't, I couldn't totally get behind that because it was just like, well, for me, the best thing that for students to do is to be able, you you know, what, what the hell is the point of helping someone break out of their shell? If all you're ever going to tell them is like, you never have to leave your shell. Right. You know, it's like, we'll always come to you. You know, you are perfect. You're doing nothing wrong. We'll always come to you. Right. And it's like, God, that's beautiful. But that, <laughs> that, I, 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 I wasn't, I, I can't handle that. Right. You know? Yeah. I have a hard time with it, which might, I might get pushed back for that. Yeah. Which kind of, I guess going back to the stuff that's on my mind, I had, um, I had Paul France on, he's at okay. Paul Emmerich on, uh, on Instagram. And we were talking about, I, I took this part out because it wasn't a fully developed thought and talking about meeting people where they're at or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were talking about restorative justice and I made like some brief offhand comment about how it's not working at my school because they're not doing it the way it's supposed to. So like I- Can you define what you mean by restorative justice? So like with restorative justice, rather than just like you give a kid like a consequence or something and it's just like behavior consequence, behavior consequence. You try to attack like the root cause of whatever it is. Sure. And then you work with the student, involve them in the process to like do a restorative conversation to find some sort of solution and some sort of appropriate punishment that works for all parties. But that, so like the impact is still met, but also you work, this is again, it's I'm more not rehabilitative. A, right. It sounds like more yeah. beneficial, uh, doesn't put the student in this position of like, all right, you're in the shithole right now and it's your job to get you out. It's like, Hey, we're in this together, Sure, which I like. But what I've noticed too, is like meeting kids where they're at, they're not doing it in the way that it needs to be done. So Mm -hmm. like, like I think I'm a really big restorative justice person. Paul Emmerich is, uh, or Paul France, sorry, it's a middle name. He's really big on it too. But we kind of, I was talking offline about it because I'm frustrated because the people in my building that are doing quote unquote restorative justice, they're not actually following through. So let's say a kid, you know, curses out a teacher, throws some shit, and then storms out. So like three separate issues within one issue. That kid will go to one person in the building that kind of thinks that they're doing restorative justice and say, well, this happened and I don't like the teacher because X, Y, and Z. And so they assign him in school. They make the teacher like say, well, here's why I did this. And the teacher or then the student comes back into class and they say, fuck you the next day. And it's the whole repeating process. Right. So my frustration really has been if we're trying to meet kids 
and teach them about consequences and show them that if you fuck up, it's okay. You can still, with adults, as long as you are calm and advocating for yourself, you can fix your situation instead of just, it's going to be a consequence that we hand down. They're, they're not doing it. They're just putting a Band-Aid on it yeah. and then hoping that it won't happen again. And if it does happen again, they'll put another Band-Aid on it and the teacher deals with it on a daily basis. And that's my biggest frustration is that we have people that are, they're frustrated at teachers. These are admin that are saying, why, why aren't we getting better as a school? But they're not changing anything, even though yeah. we're trying to change and the students are staying the same. Yeah, and I think that this is like a very common dilemma that people have especially with public school teachers mm -hmm. of like you know i just i don't want to say i'm not i'm not playing devil's advocate but the you know <laughs> the argument of should we just let teachers be kind of in charge of themselves not impose this kind of rules on them mm -hmm. or do we have to have even more strict monitoring on the top top to bottom kind of functionality right of admin to teacher to student this needs to be even more regulated right um or even just uh like you talk about accountability even mm -hmm. just it, it might not even be they're not doing what they're supposed to they might not know what they're supposed to be doing that as too. someone that's doing that job in the building because yeah i i know that everyone in my building has good intentions i truly can say that without well maybe one person i know that doesn't mm -hmm. but i can say that without any doubt in my mind they all want these kids to do well, but and I they think, fall short of doing whatever it is to get them there. And I think too, you know, it, it'll sniff you out. There's a reason why teachers don't last, you know, on average longer than four or five years, right? You know, it's like, right. it does wear you down. Yeah. And especially in the tough schools, quote unquote. Sure, sure. And yeah, I, you know, whether it be more education, more workshops, or just more thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know because I'm with you. Like you can totally understand just like throwing the book and just like putting your foot down on something and just saying, mm -hmm. this isn't going to happen anymore. At what point is there no more hope? Right. You know, I don't oh, know. I talk about this all the time with, it's a veteran teacher and he goes, well, what's the point of me logging it if it's not going to, give me an end result that's beneficial for all the kids and this kid in particular. Like I'll just fucking, you know, yeah. muscle it out and deal with it for another 10 days and then hopefully it goes away. Like that's that's the point we've gotten to. Yeah. Because someone's dropping the ball because they either don't know or they've given up on whatever the initiative is. And I don't want to say like, and I think too, you know, not to paint with too broad of a brush, not every kid is like this. You know, not every school, even the ones that you can, you know, maybe this isn't the right way to put it, but like even the schools with problems, right? don't get enough attention, don't get enough funding, don't get enough whatever. Yeah. Oh, perfect example. We have a kid that he, if I could clone this kid mm -hmm. 300 times, every person in the entire world would want to teach at that school. Because this is a kid that he does like three sports, uh, he's on track to be valedictorian he just got a, a posse scholarship for three hundred thousand dollars wow like model student and he's amidst all this at times chaos and bullshit yeah. but still i'm confident that he could compete with kids 
in some selective enrollment school because he's got that type of work ethic and he's yeah. just that type of a human being. And I think the the good and bad parts are um, a lot of schools will only highlight that kid. You know, that kind of kid <laughs> yeah. is like, you know, this is our shining star. <laughs> right, right. Or they'll only highlight the shit. Right. You know, or they'll completely ignore the shit or whatever. I'll say a lot of times with teaching too, we teach to the middle. So the kids on the bottom mm-hmm. get neglected and the kids on the top. Get yeah. neglected. I don't want to say neglected. That's not what it's not intentional, but because no, you've got it, like, it happens though. Yeah, fifty like, minutes, thirty kids. You know, I, my I remember when I was in high school, my mom was like, I, "How did you know that?" Uh, I I saw a very big mood difference in the teachers that taught AP classes than when they taught. Um, I don't know if they still call them this. I, I don't know why they call them this, but this was the word they gave them: trans classes. Um, like yeah, they definitely changed it since then. I, I, I hope. hope they change it, but that's I was in trans math is what it was called. It might okay. have been meant, been short for like transitional, but that's what it was. That's what it went by. So, but it was like a remi- not um, special ed, but not um, moderate. It was like remedial kind of you know those okay. kind of courses. Yeah, remedial English, remedial math, whatever. I would see a complete mood shift in teachers. Yes, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, that's fucking real. Oh, if, if you see me, you my, my first period's catatonic. My fourth period mm-hmm. is very lively in the negative way. Uh, and then my entire afternoon is honors and AP kids. It, it's, if you had a kid that, let's say they missed like the background info in first period and they saw me in fourth period or an honors kid saw me in the morning, like, who the fuck is this guy teaching at the front of the room? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it yeah. for sure, mood change. I feel the difference. I go, uh, just get through fourth period and then it's on to the afternoon. But then, ugh, we're just thinking ourselves into a pedagogical hole. <laughs> Should you be more robotic? Should you just be more across the board, ev- teach the same way for everything? Do you know what's weird, though, is that... Um, but then... A lot of times, it, I feel like in the beginning of the year, it is. Or mm. like I, I don't have a feel for all of them. Mm. But for some reason, like let's say it's some like offhand comment I make in fourth period and it goes over their heads. But in sixth period, they're actually like laughing at that like minor joke that I made that I was yeah. like, yeah, they probably won't notice it, but I'm going to make it for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So it almost is to the point where uh, it's like the student mentality too. It's not necessarily, sometimes it is the way that I go into it because you have to be different. Uh, but sometimes it's also the group of kids and what they're willing to accept or listen to or hear or yeah. be present for. And that's why I, I don't think there there is not a one size fits all. It yeah. it it is your mood differences. It is your students. It is just it's such a it is a petri dish. <laughs> the culture is alive yeah. and different from dish to dish. Right, and you're going to look at it differently every time. Um. Yeah, my my uh, mom has gone back into the classroom. This semester, okay. she was uh, administrator for many years, and um, she wanted to go back in the classroom, and uh, she wanted kind of a change of pace, and just kind of rediscover that that part. Um, but in talking with me, and in kind of like growing up a little bit more, and like learning a little bit more about everything, uh, she's a completely. I don't want to say completely different type of teacher, but she she has a new approach to it. Sure, where. Um, like I, like I was saying earlier, you know, we're Latino We're she's Mexican American, she's Puerto Rican. Um, it's completely different culture 
than when she right. first stepped into the classroom 15 plus years ago or something like wow. that. It is just like, you know, and she took about a five or so year break, probably not that long, but like didn't teach for a while and yeah. a lot has changed. And she's about a thousand acronyms behind by now because they keep updating them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. So um, this kind of new... Uh, she, you know, she she teaches a lot of Latin American studies uh, courses, interdisciplinary yeah. study courses, which she approaches it from a Latin American kind of studies background and things like that. Um, you you can't ignore the elephant in the room, so it's this new kind of vulnerability that she has to put out there, um, which she is just a little bit more like open about it when in the past she might have been more uh, subdued about how she felt about something or, or yeah, something I think that's like that. Fair. That's definitely a shift that yeah, yeah. is happening. And um, I think I just have noticed that a lot in her and like, it, it used to like she teaching used to be like, it would be exciting and fun and she would get like an emotional response from it. But now it's just so much more um, just different. Yeah. It, it, it's just so different now how well if you're going to be talking about immigration you have to talk about today you know like she's the child of immigrants it's she she has to be open about her experience as right. well more than ever before um which is the best part too is like hey here's what happened yesterday what do you guys think or what do you guys have questions about it that's the best part yeah that's what makes it lively when it's off the cuff you're just going from there and you just see teaching from the hip as uh some people say. Yeah, and that's the only thing that bothers me about history is that you, I don't know how much you can talk about the present. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, how the fuck can you ignore what's happening right, right. now? Are you, How can I talk about the War of 1812? Like, this is really that important? Although I will say, sometimes you teach the, the present and then there's uh, there's an update. Like, I did, a, I did a discussion, just, you know, just trying to be adaptive. It mm -hmm. was like on a Monday. We talked, we did a whole discussion, a whole day on Jesse Smollett. Mm. <laughs> I had to do an yeah. update. I had to do an update like a week later. Like, well, Hold so on. everything we all said last week was evidently bullshit. But you know what? We did our best at the time with the information we had. There you go. And One that's of those the things, best you but, can yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other part that makes not only teaching, but like all of human life sometimes agonizing. If you just worry <laughs> too much about like, right. how much am I fucking this up? Or how, right. you know, it's like things work out. You hope, right? Fingers crossed. But, and it doesn't always. And then you just have to let it, you know, you don't judge it. You just let it keep happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That is the yeah. burden that we bear, though. I think I'm also coming to terms more with, like, my hypersensitivity to certain things. Like, like how emotionally responsive I can be to things that don't always need to. Okay. Like, uh, toward you response. or in general? In general. Like, you know, I, you know, I wanted to become a high school teacher for over 10 years because of one asshole. You know what I mean? Like, that's, Oh, I see what you're saying. That is pretty fucking insane you know like that is a little pretty emotional um but yeah it's learning how to navigate that because in that moment what do you like because you think about the kid and their their, their home life and they're like how are right. they being brought up and all this kind of stuff and it's like i don't know all right, that was episode 125. That was the bonus stuff from 122 with Matt. I just thought it was really succinct, and I, I thought it was good that it could stand on its own, uh, and 122 could also stand on its own, so I wanted to give you guys that. 
If you guys want exclusive content or if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. I really appreciate all that. You can obviously reach me on social media, classroombrew at gmail.com and at classroombrew. But until next week, guys, class dismissed.